بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم ما بعد continuing with this discussion of the kitab of Allah Hazrat Muhammad Shah Hakim wa Dr. Sahib Rahmatullah Ali the discussion here at the moment in front of us is ikhlas yani sakhi niyat karna ikhlas sincerity of intention person has his intention very clear very sincere deen ka jo kaam kare isme raza-e ilahi ki niyat kare whatever work of deen a person does his intention must be purely the pleasure of allah taala duniya ka koi matlab na ho na dikhlawa ho ke log buzurg samjhe wagaira there should be no motive no worldly motive involved and it should not be to impress anybody also that people may say that this is a very big buzrug or whatever the case is this must never become a person's intention isi tarah masalan pet mein dard ho aur bhook na ho to roza rakh liya ke maida sahi aur halka ho jayega likewise sometimes for example a person is doing a very great action but what has been the issue that particular morning he woke up so his stomach was paining and he wasn't even feeling hungry so he felt well my stomach is paining as it is and i'm not feeling hungry so let me rather fast so that the stomach will come right so he'll still get the reward of the fast maybe to some point but this is not the purpose and the intention which a person should have in this kind of amal isi tarah agar garmi lag rahi hai इस नीयत से ताज़ा वज़ू किया कि ठंडक हासिल हो और पर्सन इज़ फीलिंग वेरी हॉट सो ही डिसाइडेड टू गो इन मेक अ फ्रेश वज़ू सिंपली सो दैट ही मे नाउ फील कूल सो टू गो इन फील कूल इज नॉट अ प्रॉब्लम और वज़ू इज़ अ वेरी ग्रेट इबादत एंड नाउ टू परफॉर्म वज़ू प्योरली फॉर दिस इंटेंशन देन ही इज लूजिंग आउट इन डिप्राइविंग हिमसेल्फ ऑफ ग्रेट रिवॉर्ड या किसी साइल को इस नीयत से दिया कि ये बला टल जाए or some person is begging so now i gave him something with this intention that this musibat must go you know this person now is persisting so how to get rid of him in order to get rid of him give him something so this is now destroying this great amal ye sab baatein sachi niyat ke khilaf hai all these aspects are against the dictates of a good intention a correct and sincere intention जब कोई इबादत करे तो दिल को हर इस घर से खूब साफ कर ले जो रज़ाए हक के अलावा हो वन एनी इबादत इज बिंग परफॉर्म एनी राइट इज एक्शन इज बिंग डन देन क्लियर द हार्ट फ्रॉम एवरी सच मोटिव विच इज असाइड फ्रॉम द प्लेजर ऑफ अल्लाह तला अखलास सन्सियरिटी दिस इज लाइक द दिस इज द सीड द सीड ऑफ द अमल a person plants a seed to start off with he has to plant a seed for the tree to come and for the fruit to be then enjoyed so he doesn't even plant the seed then nothing is going to come out of it so to start off with there has to be an intention so in some amal that intention is a precondition without that intention that amal won't take place the amal itself won't happen like for example a person hasn't even made the intention of salah 
He just started something. What he started, he has got no intention, he's blank. So then there's no salah already. Person at the time of discharging zakat, he just took some money and gave it. He never made the intention of zakat at all. That zakat won't be valid. So some amal are the very amal itself is based on the intention. Without that intention, the amal won't come into existence. And some amal, which are external things like giving some sadaqah, that sadaqah got passed on. Or some other aspects also. But if he did not have this correct intention, or this clear intention, then he deprived himself of the spiritual benefits of that. So this intention is like the seed. And depending what kind of seed he plants, if that seed is of a very poor quality, there's a good chance that that might just rot in the ground. It's not of a good quality, that that seed might just rot in the ground. That is where the whole benefit of it will be over. If the seed is of a very good quality, it has been planted well, and it is being nurtured, then from that seed, a tree will come. And that tree will then bear fruit. And it won't just bear fruit, it will then bring about thousands of seeds also. So each fruit will bring seeds. And those seeds will get replanted somewhere. And this one seed will become a means to thousands of, not just trees, maybe entire orchards coming into existence. If one considers our Kabir, the work that they commenced, what they started, this has happened throughout the ages, but just to take it closer to time, Dalum Dioban was started off under one pomegranate tree, one Ustad and one student. One Ustad, one student under one tree. And this is its beginning. But there was a seed of ikhlas in this whole thing. And that seed was of such a quality that with the passage of time, from then till now, this has become the seed that brought about not just fruit, but thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of seeds just in India alone. And if you take the whole subcontinent, India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, some years back there was some meeting in Pakistan of all the madrasas and they invited just the principal and one person to accompany him. Nobody else, just two people basically from each madrasa. There was some issue, the government, some whatever the problem was. So they gathered all the madaris. So this meeting where only two representatives of each madrasa attended, it is about 30,000 people. So there's two representatives and maybe so many didn't even make it because of the distances or whatever the case is. <laughs> so this all starts and then it, throughout the world, Allah Ta'ala has, then whether it's the madaris meaning the institutions of higher learning, the darlums, but the makatib that has flowed from the, the primary maktabs in the thousands, but all this if we trace it back, the fazal of Allah Ta'ala, it was the seed of ikhlas. And the seed of ikhlas that brought this fruit and brought these 
trees and brought these orchards. So to the extent that that ikhlas is there in that amal, there'll be barakat in that amal. That amal will then bring many good things. It won't be just that a person did that one amal and he finished off there. He will not even realize where and how this is now affecting so many things positively. It's impacting on so many things positively. So the issue is to develop that ikhlas, that sincerity. Allah Ta'ala is not dependent on any means. Allah Ta'ala is not dependent on any means. Allah Ta'ala has created the means. He is the creator of the means. Allah Ta'ala made the system of dunya that things happen by means. But Allah Ta'ala is not dependent on means. But since dunya is the the general system is that things will happen by means. So Allah Ta'ala will make things happen, but He'll make it happen in the normal system. But how that system will come into place? Now for example, somebody has done something, or he wants to do some, embark on some work of deen, and he's sincere about it. So he's making his effort, but the main ingredient is ikhlas, sincerity. Allah Ta'ala will arrange the means. Remember, Years ago, this is now 25, almost more than 25 years ago. At that time, Dalu Bazadbal was just now being built. For this, I was running in a small house. So it was a, the whole project was just being taken off. Quite a massive chunk of the project was being done at one time. On one occasion, while just talking to somebody in passing, this came up. They mentioned that there were many days that the workers were working and because to try and save costs, it wasn't even given as a complete contract. It was being done like on a owner-builder kind of basis. So there were many days that the workers were working on the site and there was nothing to pay them their wage for the end of that day. Now they're busy working and they have to be paid at the end of the day. So now in the mind that, well, by the end of the day, if nothing comes, might have to borrow something from here or do something. But in any case, whatever dua, tawajju. See, on almost every occasion when this was the case, where there was nothing to pay that wage for the end of the day, somebody by chance came along for some other work. He came to ask something, or he came for some issue of his, or whatever the case is, to take some advice. And he came and he says, what's, what's going on here? I didn't know that there's some building taking place. Yeah, I will put him on the mother's side. I want to contribute something. And the amount he contributed was just enough for the wages for that day for the workers on the side. Now, how it happened? Allah Ta'ala is a controller. Allah Ta'ala puts it in the heart of a person. Allah Ta'ala is not dependent on any means. The dunya is Darul Azbab. So it won't normally fall out of the sky. But... Allah Ta'ala will put the arrangements in place. So this barakat comes from the ikhlas. Now can we imagine one ustad, one student under a tree, but the barakat of it. And as we go further up, it is the barakat of those who were, their ikhlas on top, that all this flowed from it. So this ikhlas, this sincerity, this intention, this is the thing that we have to keep checking within ourselves. That what is being done is being done solely for Allah Ta'ala.
رسول اللہ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم نے ارشاد فرمایا کہ جو شخص لوگوں کو دکھلانے کے لیے عمل کرتا ہے قیامت کے دن اللہ تعالیٰ اس کے عیب دکھلائیں گے نبی صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم ہے سید دا پرسن ہو ول ڈو سم ایکشن ان آڈر ٹو شو پیپل فار دا سیک آف گیننگ دیر پریز تو دا ڈے آف قیامت اللہ تعالیٰ ول شو ہی از فالس ٹو پیپل ہی ڈڈ وٹ واز اللہ تعالیٰ وٹ واز سپوز ٹو ہیو بین ڈن فار اللہ تعالیٰ لون ہی ڈڈ اٹ ٹو شو پیپل سو اللہ تعالیٰ ول آلسو شو ہی از ویکنیسز ٹو پیپل اینڈ شو ہی از فالس ٹو پیپل ارشاد فرمایا کہ تھوڑا سا دکھلاوا ریا بھی ایک طرح کا شرک ہے نہ تو حدیث نبی صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم سے لٹل بٹ آف ریا لٹل بٹ آف شو ان نہ یہ سیر ریا شرکن لٹل بٹ آف ریا شرک the smaller level of shirk. The Sahaba asked, what is this? Nabi Islam said, Riya. When a person does some righteous action, some good action, some ibadat, but the objective in that is not solely the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. There is dunya that is mixed up in it. So this becomes a major problem. Nevertheless, the other part of it is that shaitan aksar riya ke khauf se achche achche aamal karne se rokta hai. اور وسوسہ ڈالتا ہے کہ انہیں کام کرو گے تو دکھاوا ہو جائے گا مینی اے ٹائمز آؤٹ آف دا فیئر آف ریا شیطان پریونٹس اے پرسن فرام مینی گڈ ایکشنز اینڈ ہی پٹس دس وسوسہ اینڈ ہی پٹس دس وسپرس دس ان دا ہارٹ آف دا پرسن دیٹ یو گو ڈو دس گڈ ایکشن یو گو ڈو اٹ اینڈ از گو بیکم اے مینس آف شو دیٹس گو بی یور آبجیکٹو سو رادر ڈونٹ ڈو اٹ ان دس وے شیطان بلاکس دیٹ ایکشن So this is something also that a person has to be very careful about. Malum hona chahe ke riya ke khauf se nek amal ka tar karna khud riya hai. Person should understand that to leave out a good action because of the fear of riya, this is also a kind of riya. Neither must a person do an action for people, nor must he refrain from a good action because of people. He does it for Allah Ta'ala and if he's staying away from something, that too is for Allah Ta'ala. Not for the sake because of people. People must not become part of his intention in any way. His intention must be Allah Ta'ala. He's doing something but doing it for people that is Riya. Now there's a good action, something to be done and he's saying, no, if I do it then somebody, what they will think or what they will say. So that has also become makhluk. بیکاز آف مخلوق ہی از ڈوئنگ سم تھنگ اور بیکاز آف مخلوق از ناٹ ڈوئنگ سم تھنگ آل دس از مخلوق ہی مسٹ ڈو اٹ فار اللہ تعالیٰ اف ہی اسٹینگ اوے فرام سم تھنگ دیٹ ٹو مسٹ بی اونلی بیکاز اف اللہ تعالیٰ حکم از ٹو اسٹے اوے فرام اٹ ادر وائز ہی مسٹ ڈو دا ایکشن یعنی جس طرح مخلوق کے لیے کام کرنا ریا ہے اسی طرح مخلوق کے جان لینے یا دیکھ لینے کے خوف سے نیک عمل کو تر کرنا بھی ریا ہے جسٹ ایز ٹو ڈو سم ایکشن in order to show people is riya to do to refrain from some action out of the fear that somebody will see me or somebody will come to know about it then that too to stop from that action because of this thought that is also riya bas shaitan ko ye jawab de ke hamara irada makhluq ko dikhane ka nahi hai to phir riya yani dikhawa kaise hoga when shaitan whispers this 
then answer him. That my intention is not to show anybody. When I'm not making the intention to show anybody, how is going to be riyah? Riyah comes in by means of a conscious intention. That a person has intended to do this. That is his conscious intention. Then it becomes riyah. Hum to riyah bura samajhte hai. We are not, I am not regarding riyah as a good thing. I am detesting it. Or foreign amale saliha me lag jaye. Kha koi dos ya rishnidar saamne ho, waswasa ka kuch khayal na kare. And then immediately get into the action. Whether somebody sees you, whoever it may be, don't bother about that. Don't pay any attention to this waswasa. Riya ke khayal aur waswase se riya nahi hota jab tak dikhane ka irada na kare. Merely the waswasa and the thought of riya, that is not riya. Meaning shaitan whispered something so the thought passed. Merely the thought passing, that is not riya. Until a person hasn't consciously intended to do something for the sake of showing somebody. But now this thought passed, he is feeling very uncomfortable about it. He is detesting this thought. He is dispelling it out of his mind and heart. So now he's safe from that. He's free from it. He didn't entertain it. He didn't consciously make that intention. So this is shaitan's trap to keep a person away from amal. Amal is the container, is the vessel. Now a person wants to pour the milk so that he can benefit from that. So that milk will have to be poured in the vessel, in that container. But he throws the container away, so where that milk is going to go into? That ikhlas is the milk. That ikhlas is the milk. But the container and the vessel of that is the amal. If there's no amal, where the ikhlas is going to go in? So if he has thrown the amal away, then he's lost the ikhlas and the amal, everything's gone. So in order to get to Allah Ta'ala, he has to have ikhlas, that ikhlas will come in the amal. So the amal must be maintained, but he keeps rectifying his intention. Is tarah jab aap waswaso aur khayalat ki parwa na karte huye, achche amal karenge, to shaitan aajiz ho kar khud dafa ho jayega. So in this manner, when a person will keep ignoring those waswasas and whispers, and he will continue with the amal, then shaitan will disappear from there. Because this person is not taking any effect from the waswasa of shaitan. Shaitan's plan would be firstly to stop the person from the amal. But he got into the amal, then to make him consciously intend to do it for makhluk. So now he is dispelling this. He is pushing it out of his heart by engaging his mind towards Allah Ta'ala. So then shaitan will automatically disappear that I am wasting my time here. حضرت حاجی امداد اللہ صاحب مہاجر مکی رحمت اللہ علیہ فرماتے ہیں کہ ریاہ ہمیشہ ریاہ نہیں رہتی کوئی اول ریاہ سے کام کرتا ہے پھر ریاہ سے عادت ہو جاتی ہے پھر عادت عبادت اور اخلاص سے تبدیل ہو جاتی ہے حضرت حاجی امداد اللہ صاحب مہاجر مکی رحمت اللہ علیہ says that ریاہ if supposing some ریاہ crept in initially that doesn't remain ریاہ sometimes if a person started off some action with ریاہ also that's a wrong thing should not be the case, person must make toba from that. But when he started this action, even if it started off sometime with this wrong notion, wrong intention, but he's still going on with the amal, time to time. Then in time, this amal will become adat. He was first doing it for some 
intention of impressing somebody, showing off, whatever. Now that's a wrong intention. That should not be the case. But he continued with the action. In a short while, that will disappear out of his mind. That won't even cross his mind. It will become a habit. If he's just doing it without, even in fact, any, anything crossing his mind, that is somebody looking at me, is somebody observing, or what somebody will think or won't think, that whole thing disappears out of his mind and heart. It now, because he's doing it on a constant basis, it becomes an adat. For example, a person is sitting in the masjid, for example, after Fajr, and he's making his zikr, his tasbihat. Now, the initial time when he starts doing it, he has never been doing it before. Now he started doing it. Oh, he started making some nafil. So now initially, this waswasa will keep coming. Somebody is watching, they're going to regard you as a very big buzu. This person is sitting now. Everybody else is disappearing. This person is carrying on with his mamulad. Now, that became a means of a person now deciding that I also rather go away. People mustn't regard me as a big buzuruk now. One person once, Hazrat Mahabharul Haqsab he had written to Hazrat for some advice. On that, Hazrat told him that you carry one tasbih in your hand and walk. Hazrat also, once while he was here in Durban, some person had phoned him from, I think it was Canada or America. So he is a, well, was at that time, was a lecturer in the university there. And he phoned for some advice, and in that he's talking about asking advice that what kind of environment it is here, and what are the challenges, etc., and how shameless things are. So, whatever else he might have discussed now, obviously, the others were sitting there hearing the other side of the conversation, but this is what he was apparently talking about. So, they told him to do two things whenever you are in that environment of the university then make sure you do this too. One is you carry a tasbih. I told him, mote dane ki tasbih. Tasbih with big, big beads. Not so small that it's all hidden in your palm. Nobody even knows you carry one tasbih. At the second, he said, bara amama bando. He says then, if somebody has any thought also of trying to invite you to haram, they'll see you from a distance and run the opposite direction. So you don't know which sky this person is walking on. So, this person also had asked Hazrat for some advice. So, Hazrat told him that you carry a tasbih in your hand. So, he wrote back to say, Hazrat, log mujhe buzruk samjhenge. Hazrat, people regard me as a buzruk just now. Hazrat asked him that, do you want people to regard you as a fasik and fajir? Is that the impression you want people to have in your heart, their hearts for you? That this person is a sinner? If people regard you as that, then that too is Allah Ta'ala's ni'mat that Allah Ta'ala has put a good thought in the hearts of people for you. But you they, they never regard yourself as that. If people regard you as that or whatever, that is people's issue, why are you worried about that? But you don't ever regard yourself as good. It is haram for you to regard yourself as good. But not that you must make yourself such that people must regard you as bad. That you invite people's ill thoughts towards you. One is not to harbor any badgumani, any ill thought about anybody. But at the same time, while it is haram for others to have badgumani about us, it is haram for us to conduct ourselves in such a way that we invite badgumani. Once Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was in the masjid in Atikaf, 
So, one of his wives had come, whatever the need might have been. So when she was leaving, Nabi went up to the door. So just at that time, two sahaba passed. So now obviously she was completely in hijab. So when these two sahaba passed, Nabi now they passed and just moved on. So Nabi immediately called to them and said, listen, this is my wife so-and-so. So now they understood what is being said, that we must not ever think that it was somebody else. But now this thought that, is this the clarification Nabi is making? Could we have ever entertained such a thought about the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala? So this became a very big weight on them. They felt very difficult about this. That Nabi is clarifying the position to us so that we don't harbor any wrong thought. Could we have even harbored a wrong thought about Nabi So they expressed this to him. This is the other aspect that is digressing on this, that the Sahaba Kiram, whatever became an issue in their hearts, let alone an external issue, they didn't walk around with it. They didn't decide to see now what happens later. There was something that became an issue. They immediately presented the issue to Nabi Wasallam. This mashwara and taking guidance. Many a times, there is some issue in the heart. Something is becoming an obstacle. I imagine this way, that why did Nabi Wasallam clarify this? Could he have thought that we're going to think ill na'uzubillah of him? Can that ever have been possible from us? Now, if the person walked around with that, this would have become a major blockage in everything. Because now this is in a way also a kind of weight, a kind of discomfort about something that Nabi Wasallam did. And to be uncomfortable in some way about something that Nabi Wasallam did, that is a major problem. But now this was an involuntary thing. But now it was involuntary, so if the person at that moment is not accountable, but he takes it and walks around, then that will start taking root, it will start sitting in the heart. So they immediately presented it. And when they presented it to Nabi Wasallam, then immediately the whole issue got cleared out. Nabi Wasallam said, yes, not that you did think in any way, but this was actually all talim. Nabi Wasallam said, inna shaitana yajri fil insani majrad dam. Shaitan flows in the person's body just as blood flows through his veins. And I feared, Nabi Wasallam is saying to them, I fear that shaitan may whisper, may whisper some waswasa in your heart. Now, Nabi Wasallam cleared that route also. And they came and presented this, they put it in that mashwara. So the whole thing got cleared. Well, this is the reality. Shaitan can put a waswasa regarding anything. Not that a person is accountable for that waswasa. But that waswasa can then sometimes create other problems. So cut it at the root. So the lesson in this is that not to carry around those issues in the heart. Hanzala felt very, very uncomfortable about the fact that when he came back home, he didn't feel the same fervor of Iman that he felt in the company of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. 
He thought that this is nifaq. It wasn't. But had he not come and discussed it, had he not come and presented the issue, then he would have now become overwhelmed with this fear. But it was not a problem. It was not a problem at all. It was a natural situation. But he misunderstood it at that moment that this is nifaq. To the extent that he started just expressing this and making, passing this fatwa against himself. Nafaqa hanzala. Hanzala has become a munafiq. Now had he not come and expressed this to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, this would have grown on him. And this could have become a major obstacle in his progress in any way. It could have led to some retrogression. But he came immediately, he presented the issue, it became clear to him that this is not a problem. This is not an illness. This is not a malady that needs to be rectified. This is something natural. You are obviously in front of the floodlight of the most uh, powerful floodlight that can ever be. So when you are directly in front of it, obviously the rays are falling directly on you. You are going to feel a different brightness. When you are behind some obstacle, behind some wall, you will still get the brightness. But it is not direct now. It is coming a little indirectly. So you are not going to feel the same intensity of the light. So it is purely that, that now when you went home, so you are not in the direct, you are not getting the noor that is being generated directly. So the intensity won't be the same. So obviously you will feel a little different. So bus this cleared his whole issue and everything was okay. So the point is in all this, the lesson in this is that a person should not be carrying around those issues in his heart. He should be clearing them up. Otherwise, sometimes it is nothing, he's made something out of it. And this becomes a problem. Now this is affecting his salah, it's affecting his ibadat, it's affecting his personal life. And sometimes it's a major problem. And he thought about it that it, well, maybe it's not so serious, so let it carry on, now we'll see. So that becomes a problem. So therefore, this is a lesson here to immediately relate it. So the Hadim Dadullah Sahib Rahmatullah Ali we are talking about, in between something else came up. Was it Hussein? Khair, we branched off somewhere and from there we went on to this aspect. So in any case, we are talking about that this person had written to Hazrat Mahabharat Sahib and he said that people will, you telling me to hold this tasbih and walk around and people will regard me as a buzruk. Hazrat said, you walk around with it. If people regard you as such, this is their issue. You don't regard yourself that I am good. But now doing that, now initially the person is walking around with the tasbih, he'll be very conscious about it. Be very self-conscious. I'm holding the tasbih and walking around, somebody is observing. After a while, it will become a habit. And it won't even cross his mind that who is watching. Is anybody watching or not? And then from that adat, it then becomes ibadat. Ikhlas then comes into it completely after that point. So many things start off in this manner. Not that it should start off on this point. But out of the weakness of a person, many a times things start off in this manner. It starts off on a note of riyah. So that's not something that is 
uh, tolerable, he must keep making istighfar on that, but he mustn't stop the amal. Make istighfar, keep rectifying the intention. Keep clearing the heart and mind of that waswas of riya, of the thoughts of riya, but continue with the amal. So when the amal will continue, it will become adat, and from adat, it will then become ibadat. Khulasa ye ke jo riya bila irada ho, uski parwa na kare. Or uski wajah se amal ko tark na kare. The conclusion of this discussion is that that riya, meaning the thought of that riya which has just come, is, that is not riya. Riya cannot happen without a conscious intention. That a person is intending to do something in order to impress somebody. So therefore, never leave out the amal because of that. Muraqaba yani dil se Allah ta'ala ka dhyan rakhna. The next aspect that is here is muraqaba. Muraqaba is that to be conscious from the heart, to be conscious of Allah ta'ala all the time. Dil se har waqt dhyan rakhe ke Allah ta'ala ko humare sab halat ki khabar hai, khas zahiri halat ho, ya dil ke khialat aur irade ho. That all the time, keep this consciousness in the heart, that Allah Ta'ala is aware of all my conditions, whether it is my external conditions, whether it is what is my heart, my intentions, everything Allah Ta'ala is aware of. Agar bura kaam karega, ya dil mein bura khayal laega, to shayad Allah Ta'ala dunya mein ya akhirat mein saza de. If I do some wrong action, or if I bring wrong thoughts to my mind, one is something passed through, is not accountable. But to deliberately contemplate evil, think of evil. So Allah Ta'ala is away. As a result, it's possible that some punishment could come to me in dunya already or in the akhirat. Or ibadat ke waqt ye khayal jamaye ke Allah Ta'ala meri ibadat ko dekh rahe hai. Isliye achhi tarah ibadat karni chahe. And during ibadat to establish this firm thought that Allah Ta'ala is watching me performing this ibadat. So therefore I must do the Ibadat in the best possible manner. Tariqa is muraqaba ka yehi hai ke har roz wakt muqarrar karke thori deir ye soche ke Allah Ta'ala humku aur humare dil ko dekh rahe hai. The manner of developing this is that daily a person fixes a time. This fixing a time is very important. When something is, there's a time fixed for it and a person pushes himself to make sure it happens on its fixed time then it becomes something established. If it is just a haphazard thing, we'll see when we get a chance, we'll do it. So often it'll be that he'll get a chance that he'll postpone it for the next day. Because just now it'll be later and later, and then he'll be too tired at night to do it at the last moment before he sleeps. Say, well, now tomorrow. Then tomorrow will be come again tomorrow. It'll be like the issue where sometimes in shops they have that bought there, cash today, credit, tomorrow. The person comes the next day, that same body is there. Cash today, credit, tomorrow. So that tomorrow will come after Qiyamah. So like that a person says, well, okay, this today we missed it out, tomorrow. And then tomorrow will become tomorrow. And the thing is when a person misses out something completely, his ma'amulat, his zikr, his tilawat, whatever mamuls, there's a lot of bebarkati comes in from missing it completely. This should never be allowed to happen. 
to the extent that Mushayef stayed, sometimes a person is extremely tired or is very, very tired to the point something was really hectic, some issue, and he didn't get sleep the whole night and day. So even in that condition to do some portion, do one-tenth, do one-twentieth, but don't let it be missed out completely. Because doing something also will still keep the momentum, still keep the continuation. Person is ill, whatever, he can't sit up, he can't, lying down also, do some portion. Can't do everything, do half, do quarter, do one-tenth also. But don't allow the day to go past where the entire mamulat will missed completely. Because that opens the door to then missing it out one day after the other. And that's when the Bebarkati sits in. And initially, one day a person missed it out, it doesn't seem like anything happened, anything, any negative effect of this. He missed it out one day, it seemed like, well, the day went fine, nothing happened. The second day he missed it out too, it seemed like nothing happened. But what is the issue is, like a person skipped one meal. So he skipped one meal, sometimes he skipped one meal, he doesn't feel anything. He's had a good breakfast and he got busy sometimes or whatever, so he skipped his lunch. It's no big deal. But by the time maybe supper comes, now he's feeling hungry. But he's feeling a little bit hungry. If he was busy that time too, he might be so busy sometimes. Well, we get so busy sometimes in dunya. Hazrat Sheikh Rahmatullah he says that many a times it was, used to happen. In the latter, at one point in his time, in his life, he used to have one meal a day. So maybe in the morning would be some, one cup of tea or something. And then it would be, the next meal would be in the evening. So that meal also, he used to be so engrossed in his work and in his studies and in studying his kitabs and writing and the Fazail Amal when he wrote it, the barakat of these things sometimes is never known where this barakat came from. One is the taqwa of the person, the ikhlas obviously, and the taluk with Allah Ta'ala. But together with all this, it is the mujahada behind these things that bring the barakat in it. Now this kitab, Fazail Amal, how many people's lives have changed with the barakat of this kitab? As much as now in this zamana we'll get people who will be making all kinds of comments against it. That is dunya, always there has been this kind of thing happening in dunya. But that is something we don't have to pay any attention to. But how many people, not hundreds, not thousands, tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people's lives have changed with the barakat of this. But what is behind it? Where does this barakat come from? Obviously the essential ingredients are these things that we have discussed. The ikhlas, the taluk Allah ta'ala, the taqwa. Together with that, it is the mujahada behind these things. Mawlana Ibrahim Miyasab, Tawam Barakatuhum of Miyasfam, recently, maybe sometime, few months ago, five, six months ago, once he was in Pingo, so while sitting and discussing something, this came up. He was personally aware of this. Sheikh Hamdali is Khalifa as well. That while he was busy writing the Fazail Amal, there were times when up to five to six days he would go without sleep. Busy writing. It would take us months to read, to read it. To write it is another issue. If a person continuously reads it from cover to cover, non-stop, that too will take him maybe days or weeks or months. 
to, to read it is very simple, just carry on reading. So write is another issue. To get all those facts, put it together, and it's a major task. But this was a mujahada behind it. So in any case, while he was used to be engrossed in all this, the sister of his, she would come and make the morsels and put it in his mouth, and he would be busy with his work. So initially, initially he used to have two meals. Initially in the day he used to have two meals. So that one meal was, he used to eat it in this way. So while he's busy in his work, and this lukma is being put in his mouth. And then she passed away. So he says, when she passed away, I left that meal out too. Because now this was... So he says now that food would become, in the evening, whatever, that food would be left there for him. He says, just now I'm coming. So he would say, leave it there, I'll, I'll have it just now. And then much later, he would feel now, it's very much later now, the day. So this was probably the afternoon meal. So late in the day now, towards the night, he suddenly is feeling very hungry. He says, you think now, but why am I feeling so hungry? Then he will remember, I forgot completely to eat in the afternoon. Forgot completely. So now the day passed in that manner, person forgot to eat because of engrossment in deen. So in any case, the point was that the person sometimes will skip a meal, he won't even feel that anything happened. But later in the day, he'll feel some hunger. But he still doesn't eat, but the next morning he'll feel weakness. But the weakness had already started setting in from the time he skipped that meal. From the time he skipped that meal, that weakness had already started setting in. But it was still very little. So it wasn't anything that was perceived. He couldn't feel it, though it had already started setting in. But that built up. That came to the point where now he started feeling the weakness. Now he was supposed to go running somewhere, he can't run. He's feeling too weak to run. So likewise, a person skips that mamul for the day. Apparently it seems nothing happened. But the moment he skipped it, some weakness is setting in. He skipped it the second time, and now he went out for some work, and suddenly he's wondering, but weeks went by and I was controlling my gaze, what happened now? Now suddenly, it's, Azan is going and he is still taking life easy and he missed his takbir ula, he missed a few rakas also. And for days on end, alhamdulillah, everything was going fine. Now where did this come from? So that weakness already started setting in from the time that Mahmoud got skipped. But immediately, the effects don't become noticed. But now suddenly, those sins that he didn't commit for many days, he had made toba, Ramzan came, he made sincere toba, one, two months went past. Everything was going fine. I see where this all came from. But when that mamul got skipped, then this weakness set in. And in time, it will start showing its effect. So therefore, never to miss it out entirely, to keep up with it. And even if a person out of some sheer necessity, out of a situation, can't complete it, he does some portion, half, quarter, something, in this way that momentum will be maintained and he'll save that weakness from setting in. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. Enable us to continue with all the things that we have been discussing and give us a topic of staying steadfast on it.